Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Guys Without Helmets. Well, we've seen another round of playoff action come and go. Welcome to our conference preview, boys. We got to talk about the last two games leading up to this amazing Super Bowl. So let's dive right in. Guys, we were split. Some of us picked some uh, some stuff. We had some lone wolves here, but uh, we'll get into that. Uh, let's start right off the bat. We had an exciting lineup of games. Hey, guys, the Buccaneers gave the Lions absolutely as much as they could handle. I'm very, very proud of what we call around here Maker Bayfield. Uh, Baker put it. You're the only one that calls him that. But <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, you got you got to start a trend somewhere. <laughs> you know, uh, 31, 23. This was a pretty exciting game to see the Lions dominate the way they have finally. Yeah, it was sealed with the interception. Unfortunately, that's what you get when you have a gunslinger like Baker Mayfield. He's either going to hit gold or he's going to throw a pick to lose the game. And that's what happened. Derek Barnes picked it off. Unfortunate, but they did play. Very good, and they tried to jam Mike Evans, which doesn't work. You can't jam Mike Evans with your number two corner. It's going to it's gonna bite you because he had, I believe, 70 yards in one drive, just back-to-back catches, and he scored. He's or he got tackled at the one. But great game for the Bucks all around. Their defense played pretty solid, considering they put up 31 points. The Lions just were on all cylinders. Yeah, I think it's kind of what we thought it would be kind of going into a game, right? Both teams are pretty solid. Both teams – I actually thought the Buccaneers might be – a little intimidated going into Detroit, but they they showed themselves to be strong out there and uh, put up a good fight. But uh, the Lions, at the end, I think home crowd and just honestly a, a little bit of a stronger team. Let's not forget the Buccaneers finished at nine and eight this year, so they did not have as good of a year um, as the Lions. But both both teams uh, played well. And the reason I picked the Buccaneers was because of the heavy pressure they could put on quarterbacks. I thought there was a chance that they could rattle. Jared Goff in this game, and they really didn't. Uh, Jared Goff was just very, very smooth going. He had 43 attempts, 30 completions, nothing crazy, no interceptions. He wasn't forcing anything. And uh, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery were able to get it done on the field uh, explosively. There's a 30 yard uh, yard touchdown for Jameer Gibbs, we saw. There's a big play from Amonra. So they were just very steady going, and they had their two big plays to really capitalize over the Bucks. Yeah, I thought by and large, like this game seemed better matched than I thought it would be. I really kind of thought that the Bucks had been playing a little above themselves. But quarter for quarter, they literally went three three seven 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 seven, and then finally, the Lions were able to put it together. Dan Campbell selling this team, man. He's told them years ago. I've watched a lot of the the memes and highlight reels and all this other stuff that he said we we got something special. We can do something special. You think they're going to do something special, Caleb? Oh, uh, I mean, potentially. There's one more game. We'll see. Well, but yeah. I was going to say the bright spot for the Bucks this, play, this whole playoffs has been Kate Otten. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Buccaneers fan, it's very encouraging. You have a young tight end. I believe he's 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. Second-year player. He's very good. <laughs> I think he was the best tight end in the playoffs before Kelsey had his big game. Um, but he's been playing great, and it's very exciting. I love tight ends. Kate Otten. Yeah, in his last two games, he had eight targets and 11 targets. So 90 yards. 65 yards in a score. So I think he had, what, 25% target share through those two games? Yeah, I mean. And that's with Goblin yeah. and Rashad White yeah. and Mike Evans being healthy. So yeah. it's pretty encouraging. Tim, would you say post-Brady, Baker makes the Bucks better than we thought they would be? Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone kind of thought that the Bucks might be uh, kind of sinking down for a while and taking a back step to some of the other teams uh, in the NFC. But Look at them right there at the end. Uh, one of the last, uh, you know, four teams in the NFC uh, still standing um, before this past weekend. So I think having stability there and having Baker there, and don't forget they had a talented team. I, obviously, Brady was great, but uh, there, there's talent around Brady as well. So yeah, yeah no, I, I think I think that's a, a great step in the right direction. If you're a Bucks fan, you've got to be happy. Yeah, facts are our friends, and the facts are that the Buccaneers had more total yards than the Red Hot Lions. They had more passing yards. They were almost as many rushing yards, but they had more yards per play. So the Buccaneers are putting it on, and that's good to know if you're a Buccaneers fan. All right, let's move to an easy game on the other side because I don't think many people, except for maybe Tim, yep. yeah. thought the Texans <laughs> were going to beat the Ravens. That was a good str- – I mean, why well, not? I, I, at halftime, I almost texted you. I was feeling feeling good, and then <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Ravens win 34 10. Right. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be tough for any team to step in there. I know the Texans mm-hmm. have been hot, but obviously, with what the defense of the Ravens was able to do this year, it's tough for, I mean, to assume that any team can go in there and match them. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously the Texans weren't able to do so. They are a young team. This is very encouraging going from ultimately in co- competition for the number one pick last year to being in the playoffs and going up against this team that we had in the Ravens. 
Yeah, I think the Ravens are on another tier, just like kind of 49ers are, and maybe the Lions, but the Lions lost some weird games this year. I think we're going to see a rematch of the 49ers-Ravens game. I think one of us said it week three or four. That's what it looked like. Um, the Ravens, I don't see them losing. I think they can go all the way with this defense, the way that they're playing. They were the number one defense this year, and Lamar Jackson's playing like MVP Lamar Jackson. So he might be the MVP. We can talk about that in a minute. But the Ravens are playing fantastic. Like me and Josh said that with the rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud, that they would just drop safeties back and confuse him a little bit, and that seemed to be what happened. They didn't really do anything in the second half. So go Ravens. Yeah, uh, I mean, first half, 10-10 at the half, I think, right? Wasn't that scoring? Yeah, Halftime, yeah. yeah. So uh, and my, my worry for the Texans was them getting blown out right from the beginning. But they, they kind of withstood the, the storm, the initial, you know, like on the road and being the young team and like, oh, you know what, maybe. And so that actually, I really, I told my son, I was like, man, I, I think the Texans might actually have a chance here. They were able to weather the storm and, and be be playing even it's those kind of sneaky teams that are just kind of sticking around but then it, it was almost like uh i don't know what harbaugh told him at halftime but it was like all right pedal to the metal <laughs> second half it's like they they turned it up a whole second gear and and the ravens are scary good yeah i don't know if it's because the texans play indoors and it was 20 degrees that might have played mm-hmm. a factor into it yeah. more of a defensive it game does yeah, yeah. more yeah. of a defensive game especially after warming up in the locker room and coming back out as an offense i don't think you want to be hit like that but yeah i don't know it's kind of similar to what happened to Lamar Jackson his rookie year is that obviously CJ has started the whole year and their stats are different in terms of comparing their rookie season in total but you had this very highly regarded quarterback going into the playoffs and then when it goes into this game it's kind of, you don't kind of see the same type of play because it is ultimately their first experience within the playoffs uh, and I know they just blew out the Browns but you look at who they played Joe Flacco like had a lot of the defense had a lot to do with that play of course but obviously to expect C.J. Stroud to come in here and do the things he did, it would have been a great yeah. great thing for him, but ultimately we can't be surprised by them playing down in this one. Remember the Ravens, they've been the most injured team in the league for the past five years, literally. like They've yeah. had 20 yeah. injuries two years ago. Lamar's 1-4 and four in the playoffs before mm-hmm. this game, so they had a big chip on their shoulder, and they've always had to play up considering the injuries they've had. So they're finally healthy, and they're finally ready to go, and I think this is... I think this is their year. Mm. Yeah, and with that, in this game, they had 40 minutes possession on offense. Uh, I think they're the only team in the NFL to have more rush attempts than their quarterback has pass attempts. So they're sustaining games through the running backs. We know they have three or four guys. Uh, Gus Edwards, Dalvin Cook now on the team we saw last <sighs> week. So he's fresh. He's ready. They do potentially have a brand-new running back for this playoff run if they do happen to go through the Chiefs and into the Super Bowl, of course. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to push back on your theory, Caleb. Here's why. First half, uh, and we all know coaches tend to like script out the first set of downs plays, mm-hmm. however yeah. long they do it. Um, gosh, it was ten ten. I mean, and, and you're thinking upstart team, rookie coach, rookie quarterback. Yeah. I, I, oh my gosh! Like you got to be excited if you're a Texans fan. Yeah, I mean, and with that, I don't, I don't think the Texans got in the red zone mm-hmm. on offense. They had a what ninety some yard return mm-hmm. from Steven Sims, but still, it's the Ravens. Yeah, so it wasn't like their <laughs> offense fell off in the second half. It kind of just was never something that happened for the Texans in this game. I guess what really what really startled me, guys, is we talk about the Ravens. We talk about their Super Bowl runs. They've never had those runs without a certain Ray Lewis, right? And if you look over the first six seasons, you know, let's go 92 games for Ray Lewis, 92 games for Roquan, Roquan. He's actually playing at very much at the same level that Hall of Famer Ray Lewis did. Ray Lewis had 878 tackles. He has 851. Ray had 19.5 sacks. He has 20. First team all pros, Ray was three, he's two. So this is like a new generation of Ray Lewis, in my mind. I mean, he's a dominant player, Caleb. Would you say he's been the biggest factor on this defense so far? I mean, obviously, what did they get him for last year? Like a second? Second and something maybe crazy. something else, yeah. But it was been, not a first. He's only like 24, 25. He's yeah. still very, very young, considering linebackers can play until they're 30, 32. Yeah. He's got a lot of time left to be in this league. He's obviously a top five linebacker in the league. I think he's going to be here for a long time, especially – if they get a ring here, they're going to yeah. sign him for whatever he wants, essentially. I think he's already arguably a Hall of Famer with those numbers. He's on pace. not, yeah. And he hasn't been on the Ravens his whole career, obviously. He's he's already on a Ray Lewis pace. Now imagine yeah. if he's in this scheme, how much better he's going to get. I'm going to talk about next segment why I think the Ravens are set to fail. Because I totally disagree. But we'll talk about that. Let's keep talking about this. Statistically, uh, it was a great game for both teams in the first half, like you said. Score is what matters. They did not get in the red zone, the Texans. But the second half was really 24 to nothing. And that's the difference in championship football. 
for sure. Now, we said we're going to talk about that's an easy one. Everyone said that. Let's talk about a not-so-easy game. Before we go to the most controversial one every year, let's talk about the 49ers and the Packers. Tim, very sorry. Uh, You know what? I was upset for the Packers. This is still a thing where, in my mind, if they had... Kick, kick the field goal. Yeah. Put the points on the board. Mm-hmm. We're in overtime. Well, and Anders missed one. If he didn't miss it, yep. that, yes. that was a victory. So, but just or like the Cowboys game where he dropped a few and there was a pick, whatever. Yeah. You take a play or two away, or in your case, literally don't go for it, and and then, of course, kick the field goal, and you're in overtime with the 49ers. That's yeah. pretty significant. Yeah, and I think that's a frustrating thing is, as a Packers fan, you kind of had all Packers fans I know had zero expectations going into a <laughs> game. And so it's like when, you, when you're hanging that close and you're going, wow, they, they are beatable this week. The, the Niners are off. The, it was like it was there for the Packers to grab, and the Packers actually beat themselves with, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were just so many plays that, you know, I mean, you just mentioned a, a handful of them, um, but there, there were certain plays that you just i've watched back the game several times and you go oh my goodness gracious savage had that uh, the ball was right there for pick six they could have been up 10 nothing early um you know long term or big picture i guess you can say for packers it's the future bright the the whole goal for this year was to figure out if jordan love was the answer jordan loves the answer you know if anyone watches football jordan love is clearly the answer plus i just bought the jersey this week so i'm all (laughs) in so there's there's no turning back now um but (laughs) my wife's like you are you bought in yes i did yes i 100 percent bought in but you know seven seven receivers all in their first and second year and they're just gonna get a little bit better they got some good draft capital and um tons of money coming off the books thanks to that number 12 playing up in new york <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah yeah uh so for packers long term looking good but for the game itself um niners got passed so you have to congratulate the 49ers they have 49ers fans out there congratulations they did win the game but um, they they did not play their best game. Debo going out, I, I have to say that obviously that that was a huge factor. How well. important is that player? Because it seems like his absence from the field greatly impacts this team. Caleb, who? Debo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously <laughs> he opens up everything because he just he's in motion almost every play. He gets everything, a lot of things behind the line of scrimmage. He takes linebackers with them, safeties with them. People have to spy him because he's that valuable. I think when he's off the field, they become very predictable. They know McCaffrey's going to run it. They know. Kittle's going to be on the sideline. So he's the cornerstone of all he's, that. He allows everyone else to do okay. their thing. So Who, I think that's great. Who's in the package when he's out? Uh, I think it was Jawan Jennings this game. Mm-hmm. He's a 26-year-old. He's he's not the same type not of player. He's more of a Z receiver. He's just a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I To be honest, I haven't watched him enough to know if he can run routes like Debo, but Debo's an elite route runner, so I doubt it. Josh, Aaron Jones has continued to be on a tear, had 108 yards in this game. Is he really the key next year to, you think, Green Bay's success moving the football? Yeah, I mean, you look at their run game without them. Obviously, A.J. Dillon has had games where he's played good, but mm-hmm. consistently as the number one, and there has no, there hasn't been no, been no consistency with him. Uh, with Aaron Jones, you said he's had 100 yards on the ground for the last few games. I want to say five games. Obviously, he's a key for this team. Um, and when you have a young quarterback like Jordan Love, there's one thing you want is you want a reliable veteran running back to support that. And so he's been there for him. He's not extremely expensive, and you're not paying a ton, as Tim said, for your other receivers. It's definitely worth keeping him, and his impact when he's healthy is he's he's been one of the top ten running backs when healthy. It just hasn't been that case for the past year and a half or so. This is an aside more of the game, but more for the Packers. Tim, do you think it's a good idea for them just to sign Jordan Love right now? Just pay him as much as he wants right now so you don't have to deal with it in three years? Yeah, because let's be honest, the price isn't going to go down, right, for, <laughs> yeah. for a starting quarterback. Yeah. So I think you can get him for... I, I don't I don't even want to throw out a number, but I, I think you can get him a lot less than a top five quarterbacks right. getting right now, yeah. and you have the money coming off the books, Dude, like the so, Giants did, just pay right, him mm-hmm. right above, like was it like Daniel Jones like top six, top seven paid, right? Yeah, I want to I want to say he's not he's not like anymore forty ish, right? Uh, he was no, right around yeah, forty yeah. ballpark, and yeah, I think okay, you know yeah. if, if you're uh, Jordan yeah. Love, if, if I, you're taking forty, I think. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. the Packers have done everything they needed to do the last thirty years to keep the other two right. guys in town till the end. If mm-hmm. I'm a team, and they rolled the dice and were right. I think times Stroud yeah. should be signed a big deal. Love Purdy, just sign them now because you're just going to waste more money later. What I love not about- waste in a bad way, but you see quarterbacks. Get paid late into yeah. their, and then they want to leave in their third year, and then it's, yeah. it throws the whole team off. What I love about what the Packers like do, Rogers just did. It's of. not that Favre was done or Rogers was done. It's that they were done knowing their other guy was up next. Mm-hmm. They were ready, 
and they kind of forced both those and, guys. And out, the Falcons did it a few okay. years ago and yeah. screwed their whole team up. They're still rebuilding right. from it, paying Matt Ryan so much. Right. They paid him two years with him not even being there. Honestly, the other two I can really think of like that, where they had a guy go down, they went forward was probably drew bledsoe twice yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. dak over over romo like right. your next guy's up let's give yeah. him the ball well and that's where brian brian good against the packers gm has gotten so much heat for the How last he years. been there uh he's been there uh oh i want to say six years okay yeah um and so i, I gotta look that up actually I'm not, okay. I'm not sure on that one um but yeah not not incredibly long um and so, but he's gotten a lot of heat for their draft. But you go and look at their draft picks from the last, uh, from this past year and from last uh, and from the previous year, it is astounding the number of players that are making a huge impact on, on the Packers that he drafted. That you know, people, everyone said, oh, you should, you should use the money for a receiver. You should you know, like go out and sign a big, big name receiver, but. The, the truth of the matter is, they drafted some some really good players that, you know, they made the difference. Yeah, so. Brian has been there for this will be his sixth year. Came in twenty eighteen, so you nailed it. Ballpark, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I was on the fence early in the season. That's why we asked you a lot, Tim. Is this guy for real? Is this guy for real? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I've learned this season about the Packers. I try to learn. I'm a learner, right? We're all learners in this room. We like to observe and learn. I think so. I think what I've learned is the Packers are better coached than I thought they were. And I say that because um, they, we lost. Like Dan Quinn, basically, every game we lost this year was to a coach that was on one of his coaching staffs, you know, mostly. And they outsharked them. And, you know, that's unbelievable. But yeah, LaFleur's a good coach. Yeah, and I think he has had a lot of say with him. Him and Gutekinds have a, a, a good dynamic together. Just yeah. really quick to hit you with some some names. Just from the last two years, people they've drafted: Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Christian Watson, Zach Tom, Romeo Dobbs. All all these guys have been drafted and are playing incredibly well. Rasheed Walker, Lucas Van Ness, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, uh, Dontavian Wicks, um, and then Valentine, one of their their starting cornerbacks. So these are all players that were drafted and plugged in instantly. And so the Packers have a different strategy. Again, they're young. Yeah. You know, you kind of saw 49ers, some of that veteran uh, leadership there kind of, you know, maybe got them a little bit further. But I think the future is is good for the Packers. Yeah, and the Packers have always been really patient with what they're doing. A lot of the guys that you mentioned are later round picks. They aren't day one right. guys. They're not first or second rounders. And you look at what they've done with the quarterbacks, obviously they've been able to wait for these guys and to get them to go. And they've just been extremely patient through all of this. And even in the guys that they take in the first round, like Van Ness, he wasn't the most polished and ready NFL player. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they take their time with him, they slowly build him up, and he's going to end up being a, a starter for them yeah. for the next five-plus years. So. And he's 6'5". He's a yeah. massive human. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they're very patient, and obviously it pays out for him. I mean, LaFleur has been great for them as well. We thought there would be a bigger dip, but ultimately, you know, the dip was the first eight games of the season, and now they're here. Yeah, I was and really worried about the transition. Yeah. I think I said it a few times early on in the season, but yeah, it, he's he, finally he shut putting me up. his offense in, yeah. in place. Yeah, now, not not Aaron Rodgers' offense. Yeah, I so. think I just appreciate him more, and um, also I appreciate Dan Quinn less over watching mm. these guys, like these young guys, like outmaneuver him. Yeah. All of those, Mike Mike McDaniel was on the Falcons staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shanahan was on the Falcon staff. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Your coach was on it. I mean, Florida, you know, it's like McVay. I think no, he was on the Washington. Washington, staff. Yeah. but you're but building more, a, building half a league of people that can beat Dan Quinn. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, they out shark Dan Quinn, so Dan's got to go. All right, that's not about them. Four Niners win 24-21. As we said, Lions win 31-23 over the Bucks. Ravens win 34 over 10 uh, to 10 over the Texans. And finally, I promised Steve I wasn't going to destroy Josh Allen, but I got to go on a rant, y'all. I got to go on a rant. Do it. I, you guys have been super critical the last... Ever I've since, been realistic. Uh, I'm, I, I know. have not been hateful. You, well, you're critical because the media makes, you know... I don't like being told what to like. Okay, amen. That's a different <clears throat> conversation, but keep going. Tim, all I got to say... I'm going to rant for a second. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm fired up. If Josh Allen was the quarterback for the Cowboys, they have already would have roasted him out of mm-hmm. town. Okay? But he's not. He's right. the quarterback for the Bills, so he gets a mulligan. He can suck every year mm-hmm. and never beat the Chiefs, and they will never run him out of town. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, he doesn't suck. I like right. the kid. Right. I think everyone around him likes the kid. I think he's a great person. Mm-hmm. I care about character. We're talking about football. Right. Any kid with a thirteen-year-old, a thirteen-year-old kid with Madden can read a defense better than Josh Allen. Yeah, probably. 
we we went back and watched, and I watched again and again because I'm watching in real time. And we do this, you do this, I know. Mm-hmm. We're seeing plays, and he, like he just, you know, it's like watching a kid play dodgeball. He runs to the line and just throws as hard as he can at the guy. That's not how you play <laughs> NFL quarterback, bro. He's got a cannon. He's a nice guy. He's a smart guy. He's big. You can hit him. He won't get mm-hmm. hurt. I guess he doesn't get hurt. He hasn't hurt yet. <laughs> Josh Allen can't read a defense because I'm nobody. And I see the field better than Josh Allen. He literally, Josh, covers his face. I watched Josh bury his face in shame watching Josh <laughs> Allen. We're nobodies. We don't play football. We're not good at it. I'm old. But I understand the game arguably more than And I like the guy. Mm-hmm. And I want to like the guy. But he's a 50-50, roll them dice. <laughs> I'm so tired of watching. It's like I'm watching college football. Mm. I can't watch a game that's not good. And this kid just rolls the dice. And if I played for him, like when I played growing up, and I'm running my tail off and I'm open on every play and my quarterback doesn't even look at me, you're going to hear from me. Nobody has to like what he's doing yeah. in Buffalo. I, except fans that are naive to the fact that he's... Yes. Sorry. And of course, we're not I'll saying we're not saying an NFL quarterback <laughs> can't read a defense. But I am. ultimately, <laughs> I'm not. I'm saying ultimately, he, he sticks with what he is going with. You yeah, saw, he looks at one target and runs. And yeah, the good quarterback's audible out. No, I understand. I'm saying, but teams else. are figuring out that they can bait him into this. Yes. Because you look at that read where he targeted the end zone. I think this was the last drive for them. Targeted the end zone, and we saw Diggs going underneath. We understand he got the read that he wanted on did the pass he? in the end zone. Yes. He got okay. the read he wanted. He got the safety to move with his eyes. He did what he needed to do. You're saying he used his eyes to bait I'm saying, safety. I'm saying he got what he... I don't he, think that's in his skill He set. got the read that he wanted, and he got the receiver open where he wanted to. Okay. And he didn't adjust to a wide open digs. And this wasn't the only time that it happened in that game, but I think teams are understanding that they can bait Josh Allen yes. into stuff. Yes. And we saw it last year. I think it was last Dolphins. year. Dolphins? Yeah, the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson, of all people. It was a right. one-possession game. You're right. Was it in the playoffs? In the First playoffs. round, yeah. yeah. And they were just baiting Josh Allen. He threw three picks, I think, in this game. Yep. Not all, a good game at all. All going deep. But anyway, I think Josh Allen's best throw in this game, and I'm, I'm not ragging on him like you just Are you talking about this I current did. game? Yeah. This and I game. love the guy. I love the guy. Was when he threw it over the shoulder to Diggs, and Diggs dropped it. Yes. Yep. That was his best throw of the entire game, and it was a drop. But Bills fans will tell you Diggs drops everything. They, he does drop some. He should leave. So that begs the question, does Josh Allen have a number one receiver? Is, he's got is two Diggs. number one receivers. Does he? Is I think Diggs Davis number is better receiver? than Diggs because he's, in my opinion, I joke these guys because I like rolling mm-hmm. them up. Right. Every time Davis catches the touchdown, I'm like, there's their number one. They're right. like, you know. Yeah, no, Gabe Davis, obviously he's been out. Yes. He adds a lot to this receiving core. You ask yes. guys that have been there. You ask guys like Cole Beasley even talked about it. It's, he's... Mentally, he's one of the strongest guys in the team. He can motivate anybody when he's on the field. There's a missing hole on their <laughs> offense when he's not in the field. Obviously, I know most of his production is go routes, sideline, like nothing crazy. But when he has big games, they obviously do so much better on offense. But you look at this team and their wide receiver one, uh, you look at their past 10 games overall through the regular season and the playoffs. Khalil Shakir has more yards mm-hmm. than Stefan Diggs the past 10 games. He has one-third the targets. So That's a shame. With I, a problem there, obviously. Yeah. I think we're my... I, 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 hold on. Go ahead. Cut you off. Yeah, no, you're not cutting me. I'm, I'm hot. Do you think it's a <laughs> problem with Diggs or a problem with Allen? Okay. Or a little both? It's a problem with Allen. Because, listen, I played football enough to know this. If you're open once, twice, clearly open, mm-hmm. you're going to tell your quarterback in the home, bro, I got him all day. Just hit me on the out. Your quarterback should throw you a bone or you're going to get mad at him, Okay. These two look like they don't even play together. Like I see Diggs. Yeah, they avoid eye contact with each other. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I see Diggs literally beyond the stripe. Hey, nope. He just and the worst part is I've told you guys Montana was like a clinic. One, two, mm-hmm. three, out. And he didn't run a lot. He could scramble for sure, but I just don't see it. Like and oh, I love him so much. Like he's so good and he's so talented. His arms and you can't hurt him. He reminds me of Cam Newton in that mm-hmm. Cam was the same guy. He just wasn't a smart quarterback. But he might have been smarter than Josh Allen as a quarterback. Like his football IQ might have been higher. Josh is literally look down the field, go, and it, it's like a puppy dog. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, is that coaching? Yeah, I think it's like, a lot. I, I think uh, Ken Dorsey is uh, way now, better than Joe Brady. Here's my other argument, mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Brian Dable made him look like a poised quarterback because you mm-hmm. could see one, two, three, and a run. Right. Since he left. He's definitely gotten worse. You're English. Regressed or digressed? Right. Regressed. regressed. He's regressed. Yeah. 
But now everyone's going, oh, they get rid of that bump coordinator. Look at him. Yeah, you want to look at Josh Allen? They didn't win the game this time. <laughs> he had 186 yards and a touchdown, led the team in rushing with 72 yards. Mm-hmm. Put the cape away, Superman. you got teammates yep. that you can give the ball to, and your team would be better. But you don't have the coordinator. Your head coach is a defensive coach who's reached his ceiling. And everyone thinks you're going to Super Bowl every year, and you're not. If you put him on like <laughs> San Francisco, or if you put him on a team that was well coached and well structured, do you think we'd be talking about him as a top three quarterback? Yes, because yes, we're even al- the Browns. He's already statistically a nightmare. He's right. great mm-hmm. because he's so talented. Right. And I, I, I truly love this guy. My frustration yeah. is in a. I get tired of everyone anointing everyone, mm-hmm. or everyone. I, we call them meatball fans. Well, right. They're so great. Yeah. I literally told a Bills fan an hour ago, who I adore this guy. I mm-hmm. said, Josh Allen's a problem. Like, he doesn't get it, and I want him to. Mm-hmm. Because if he does, y'all win Super Bowls. Right. Plain and simple. It's that simple. What's going to happen is in a year or two when his contract's up, they're going to kick him out. He's nah. going to go somewhere, like the Rams or something, Sean nah. McVay, somebody, and he's going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I mean, Josh Allen statistically – Yards-wise, we know he can both run and pass. He's great. Statistically, yardage-wise, uh, his pass, his last seven games, his only seven games with Joe Brady, he averaged one passing touchdown a game. Mm. And they won all those games except for one. So, obviously, something's happening on this offense. Their running game is getting better. Josh Allen scored a lot more I mean, on the ground. It's not getting better. It's getting existent. It's, it's, they're winning. It's they're, not getting better. They're I'm, winning. They're taking away from the passing attack. Because yes. I, I think in this game he had 30 attempts, I think, he had 15 completions the past two games. Here's his completions for the past four games, actually. 7, 15, 15, 30 against the Chiefs. So, obviously, they're taking away from the passing game. One passing touchdown a game from your all-star quarterback, let's say, um, is, is a problem. Yeah. I think it's like deja vu, though. We, yes. we keep trying to run it back and run it back and run it back and run it back. And, and they, it's like, they get okay. chipped away every time. They right. lose something every year. Right, exactly. Right. And so until something systematically changes with that organization and then that coaching scheme, and until we start seeing improvement, you're right. There isn't. He's just going to continue to regress. Yeah. Um, and, and we're not going to see. They're not going to see a championship. And I'm not saying wins matter more. Mm-hmm. I get that. I, it's. They're winning with a different scheme and right. it's not as productive for him. Right. But when you're the leading rusher on your team and you have 72 rushing yards, mm-hmm. that's not ideal. No. And when you're throwing for sub 200 yards and a touchdown, at least he's not throwing a pick, which he's famous for, leading the league every year at yeah. last I checked. <laughs> I, I, I love the guy. It's just so frustrating. And the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, yeah. hope for different results. Fire your head coach. He's getting, You've hit your they ceiling. They extended him last year. I know. Fire your head coach. He's not yeah, getting you anywhere. I've been saying that for four years almost. But, um, you have been saying it before. <laughs> the Chiefs, they, they played good. Hostile territory in the snow. is freezing. Yes. Um, Patient. Mahomes, he's a machine. You can't get in his head. No. They're down. I forget sitting what. Sitting there biting forget, his nails, chilling. Like I forget he's, what quarter it was. He's just sitting on the sideline, yeah. just zoned out, looking at yeah, nothing. Yeah. Like he, yeah. Travis Kelsey made an appearance. I think they have two touchdowns. Yes. 170-something yards. Vintage Kelsey, you can say that now. Yeah, and ultimately, we talk about <coughs> this team, this team and their defense. Uh, we talk about the names on their defense as well. You have Milano out. You have all these guys out. I think they're on their fourth linebacker in this game because Bernard ends up leaving. Um, and their defense is still top five in the NFL, so that's not their problem. They were able to fill in just fine and do fine. They got Rasul Douglas from the Packers, I believe. And he filled in and was, it was great. Their defense did not feel any different other than a few plays without Milano. And their impact on defense was was still great, and they weren't able to contain Mahomes at all. No. And you look no. at plays like this, we have the best guy arguably in the pocket at maneuvering the pocket in a very long time at least. You could say all time. Pat Mahomes, just no pressure. You could put everyone sending at him. Nothing's going to happen to him. And these guys blitz Mahomes several times. Yeah. Like, you're, just run your defense. You don't have to change it up for this guy. Yeah. And you blitz him, and every time they blitzed him, he just had a massive play. The irony in what we're watching, guys, is they lose by three. Okay, they choose to take a fake punt on their own yeah, that was side of the, the field. Nail the That's cuff. coaching. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that costs you. You've given the Chiefs literally the go-ahead score. They're in their own. I mean, if it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. If it's one possession, or if you're up, yeah, whatever, and you're playing the Chiefs, That's don't ba- don't give any reason for Mahomes to have bad the ball coaching. Back. Now, Steve made a good point. We, we talked about it today in his office. the uh, The Bills are very banged up. Yeah, they are. Their defense is banged up. There's no doubt about that. You can't really make a championship run when one or two or three of your defense starters are out. I, that's, but he said no excuse. I get it. That aside, you lost by three, and that now fake punt or fake, you know, what that was determining 
because you put points on the board for the other team. Right. So realistically, then there I say, Buffalo, plug your ears, fans. Wide right. Yeah. And wide right. And Jim again. Nance yelled it for everyone to hear. I know. Well, Jim Nance is heartless. But player. but even if he makes <laughs> that, you've got to, I think even a Bills fan would admit, there was a minute and a half left on the oh, clock. Oh, yeah. That's deja vu. Despite right. the exactly. defense yeah. being bad, Let's Josh Allen, how about you walk your team into the end zone? You're so mm-hmm. good. All the hype is that, hey, you're, you know, you're not because you can't be. This is what I told Steve. I said, you know what this team needs to do? Exactly what the Bills did in the 80s when the Cavaliers and Pistons were destroying them. Don't worry about winning a title. Go learn how to beat the Pistons. Mm-hmm. You beat the Pistons, you win a title. Oh, the Bulls, yeah. That's yeah. what the Bulls did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the same thing. Learn how to beat Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. If you can't beat Andy Reid, get another coach you can because that's where it starts. And Andy Reid ain't going anywhere minor, maybe a heart attack or something. Yeah. Who knows? Hopefully not. He Hopefully loves not. hamburgers. but <laughs> no, I hope he's around a long time. I'm saying learn to beat Andy Reid. Learn mm-hmm. to beat Patrick Mahomes, who ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and the, or else you're He's not got ever like seven going, years left yeah. in his deal. You're not yeah. going anywhere until yeah. you do. And I, I'm, the reason I'm so passionate, guys, is because yeah, I think Bills Mafia are a bunch of clowns. But the Bills fans <laughs> that I personally know, they're <laughs> great guys. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, their hearts bleeding. Yeah. And Steve also said, "Bro, you'll love this, Tim. It's the Marshawn Lynch curse." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It's like as soon as we traded yep. him in his prime, we've yep. sucked every since. Yep. He might be right. I mean, prime. You know, he wasn't. They haven't had a run yes. game since. Yeah. Other than yeah. Shady McCoy for so two years. That might be something. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Marshawn Lynch curse. Yeah. I mean, not to add the Madden curse. He oh, was the cover yeah. this year. Yes. But um, sorry mo- to assist what I, I was love saying you, with fans. They've they've lost Milano early in the season. They lost all these guys early in the season. Their defense third in interceptions in the NFL. Mm. They had over fifty sacks. They're fourth in the NFL. They allowed under 20 points a game. They were the fourth-best defense overall, mm. and they were a top-four offense as well. Second in time possession, most efficient in the NFL on third down and second down. There's no reason they shouldn't be Winning better yeah. against a team like this. Yeah, yeah. this is my last rant. We can okay. move on to something else. We're moving on. I'll, I'll shut down. Sorry. I, I love you, this Bills This is a mafia. critique for Bills Mafia oh, or boy. just NFL in general. Every year the Bills have a top-five defense. Yeah. Every year since McDermott's been there, they've been a top defense. Okay. And every year they lose due to their offense, and they act like their defense is non-existent. They don't give any credit to their defense. They're like, oh, like the one game, was it last year or two years ago where they lost to the Chiefs, and they, they got the ball, Mahomes got the ball in overtime and scored immediately? Yep. It's like, well, you have the best defense in the league. You should have done yep. something And they got that. in field goal range in, what, 13 seconds yeah. or something to win that game? It's just people act like fo- football is just offense. and It's kind of frustrating. Yeah. When 60% of the game is not offense, right? Uh, the only thing I reminded Steve of this, too, I hate this for him. The Bills of the 90s should. I mean, they were absolutely dominant. Like, there was no question. They were the best team every year. Mm-hmm. And they lose four. And that's that's got to hurt. I don't know if it's worse that they lost four and Steve remembers or that you've been alive 25 years and the Cowboys haven't been good ever since. They're both terrible. So we're in the same boat, Bills fans. We stink mm-hmm. as much as you stink. We're as delusional in the media as you are, you know? <laughs> It's just, it's it's crazy. Yo, I saw this today, and then we'll move on from this. But uh, our boy Von Miller, uh, I say that loosely. He's not our guy. Um, <laughs> he earned $17 million this season. Uh, but what the uh, the nerds on, on Twitter have come up with is that based on the limited amount of tackles he's made this season, he's fallen off, you know. Mm-hmm. Miller made roughly $3,429 million per tackle as a Buffalo Bill. <laughs> oh, man. Great, yeah. great investment. <laughs> what a great what investment. Did he, what did yeah. he have? He had zero sacks this year, guys. That's right. Impact. Impact, Ooh. yeah. Jeez. All right, I'm done. Bills, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> I, I, and I love Patrick Mahomes. Next year's our year. Next year's our year. Now, can, we're Cowboys can fans. We, we're Bills fans. Can we, can we uh, <laughs> hold back from crowning Josh Allen as a better quarterback? Not us. I'm saying you have people that come out after this game... Mm-hmm. You've, you've, you've never been better than Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes had his worst year, and he played as good as you. And then he beats you every year. So I don't, I don't think that crowns you as the best quarterback in the league or better than Pat Mahomes. Sometime soon on this show, we're going to talk about what an elite quarterback is because I think that word gets thrown around too much. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to be clear. But I digress. Let's talk about this, uh, <laughs> yeah, this coming weekend. Now. Sunday at 3 p.m., Chiefs and Ravens Lockhead in Baltimore. Mm. Chiefs are going on the road for only the second time. Pat, he's not used to going on the road, but he said, hey. Psh, psh. Doesn't seem to matter. Doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> uh, the Lions, I see, uh, guys, the Lions, 6.30 Sunday night. Both games on Sunday this time. No more Saturday games. Then we get a bye week, essentially. Boo. And then it's here. Yeah, and we have terrible. Super Bowl. So, guys, before we get into what we've done in the playoffs so far, as far as our picks and our picks for this in the Super Bowl, we have said that there are Offensive Players of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, blah, 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 Coach of the Year, MVP, blah, 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 blah. Let's, let's talk about it. Yep. Uh, they have now announced their candidates, Josh, for each of those. Let's break them down. 
Yep. What do you want to start with, Coach? Sure. Sure. Makes the most it's sense. Up to you, man. Your Coach of the Year finalists, they were all in the playoffs. You have Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, <coughs> D'Amico Ryans, Kyle Shanahan, and Kevin Stefanski. Mm. Yeah, I'll go first. I think I said it. I don't remember what week it was. A couple weeks ago. I think D'Amico and Stefanski have the best arguments in my case. Stefanski did this all with four different starting quarterbacks, a guy off the couch and Joe Flacco. He had the number one defense for more than half the year. I know his coordinator was kind of with that. But um, they got it done. They got to the playoffs. That's what you want to do as a team, especially when your franchise guy goes down and you make the playoffs. That's like a dream. But the Texans, I think D'Amico has the edge here. Rookie coach, rookie quarterback. I think the second youngest team in the league. Played out of their minds, dropped 45 on the Browns first round of the playoffs, made the playoffs, won their division. Like Nobody in, in Texas thought this would happen. I don't think anybody around April when they drafted Stroud would think he'd be this good. Um, D'Amico Ryan's got it done. I, I think he is the guy that's going to get it, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I completely 100% agree with you, Caleb. <laughs> those, those were my top two. And again, it's like you're building – the Browns not taking anything away from what Stefanski did, but they already had some really good pieces in place. He had to – D'Amico Ryan's had to rebuild an entire organization, basically. Yeah. He was kind of starting from scratch. And to do that in one season – uh, absolutely incredible. I'm on that train. I've said it a long time. They're 11 and eight. The Texans were, uh, I'm, I got it wrong. They had Davis mills. I thought he was serviceable with the right court coach. Maybe he was, and maybe I'm not totally wrong. I think, I think he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I said, guys, and I 50, 50 balled it. And I'll admit if I'm right or wrong, I said to most people that would hear me talk, cause I talk a lot, <laughs> CJ Stroud or the kid in Carolina, who's going to be the best, you know, mm-hmm. you, in my mind, they both can't have amazing first years. Mm-hmm. So I, I played 50, 50 ball. Didn't think C.J. Stroud would be the guy he is. I was wrong. Okay, That said, he looks, and statistically, he looked like the veteran quarterback in almost every game he played in. If you look at a stat line, I know you know numbers don't always matter, but facts are our friends. And uh, D'Amico Ryan all day. I'm sorry. I mean, he, he what got me to him is that mm-hmm. soundbite where he told 48 against Joe Flacco. Yep. If you listen to the soundbite, he says, hey, as soon as he plants, jump the, the route. And he, and he looked at him. He goes, trust me. And he put him back in the game. And you watch 48. And he didn't blink the moment he set that back foot. He just went in front of the receiver. And I mean, bro, I, I, I was like, this guy, he's a good coach and he's a good player. I go with Tomiko Ryan. He's a former yeah. player, right? He was. He was yeah, a former a, player so for so the Texans. That's good for players, the locker room, player, coach. He knows. <clears throat> they yeah. love him. Yep. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's got support from the city because he did play there. Yes. Uh, for me, uh, I know hindsight, when things crumble towards the end of the year, you kind of change your mind. But they're supposed to vote these guys at the end of the season. so. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go with John Harbaugh. I think we kind of get numb to when the coaches are just that good. I mean, Bill Belichick probably should have won more than he did because their team was just that good for that long. But they're going to give it to the guy that's the new and up-and-coming or had a big change and was able to overcome adversity. I understand all of that. I understand why y'all are picking D'Amico Ryans. But yeah. I say John Harbaugh, I don't remember the last time someone had arguably the MVP and the Triple Crown defense. They, they've been the best team in football just very silently. And I know they're the only team to run more than they pass. So they haven't had to catch up or do anything more on offense. They've just been their own self. They've been a top five on offense. They've been the number one defense. And I think Harbaugh has a lot to do with that. And uh, I think that's why I would give him the coach of the year. Yeah, no. This year I think they've a lot of guys have earned it. Yeah, They really have. They've Absolutely. done a good job. Uh, Cleveland, they've all done a really good job. Josh, what do you got next? Where are we going? We're going to go with the offensive players <coughs> of the year. Your candidates are Lamar Jackson, as we talked about, Tyreek Hill, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, and Christian McCaffrey. Oh, who wants it? Well, so, I'm two quarterbacks. Say, yeah, I think I think it's 95 percent of the time they go to quarterbacks. So I'm yeah. going to say uh, not Dak Prescott. I'm going to say Lamar okay. Jackson. I think he's a better player. I think obviously he's more polarizing. People either love him or hate him. Even though when he's healthy, he's statistically the best player in the league, for, especially for fantasy. But overall, he's a top three quarterback. Statistically, I think he's obviously great. I think Dak had he had a low period this year. I think even though he was first in the league, I think it was just the last ending off the season. And that's recency bias. That's when these guys vote. Apparently, we don't we don't know. Yeah, do they actually vote or they vote in the playoffs? They do. They they yeah. All the people that I know, people that vote and or have a presence on Twitter, post their kind of their half their ballot. Yeah. I'm going to say Lamar because they had Mark Andrews out for majority of the season. They had J.K. Dobbins out the entire season. They've had a committee at running back 
So you're, you're missing your tight end number one. You're missing your number one running back. You don't really have a wide receiver one. You have Odell Beckham, who's 30-some years old out there, learning the offense, a rookie receiver in Zay Flowers, and he was still able to put up the numbers he did with virtually nothing on offense. So, See, I'm a paradox, guys, because I believe he's the MVP, Lamar. Because he stayed healthy for everything you said, even losing his big boy. We love tight ends around here, and he lost his guy. They pieced it together. He made it work. Um, so I think this season, and again, I'm the guy who doesn't care about postseason when I vote for my regular season MVP. And that said, I think he was more important to his team than any of the other players. So, But I'll explain later, like I said, when we talk about picks, why I don't believe in, in Lamar Jackson. Tim? Yeah, so I'm going to actually go against uh, Caleb here. I, I Obviously, Lamar had a great year, so I'm not going against that. Yeah, yeah. But I think I would go McCaffrey, to be honest with you. I know it. Th- this is – are we predicting what they're, who's going to win or are we predicting who we think should win? Who you think should win. Okay, so win? yeah, the, the, I think it should be McCaffrey. I'll tell you why. Lamar obviously had a great year. The team had a great year. Probably, in my opinion, maybe a little bit more of a case for MVP. Again, that's always debatable to what is the MVP. But anyway, um, <laughs> but his numbers, Lamar's numbers are not astounding. You don't look at the touchdown number. I think he had 28 touchdowns on the year. That's not that's not overwhelming, right, by, by any stretch of the imagination. Yards did not lead in yards. Um, rushing, obviously, he had a heck of a year. Uh, and he, there, there's that. But you look at McCaffrey. McCaffrey led in almost every category, not only just in rushing, but he provided that the, um, the blocking out of the backfield. He's able to catch the ball and run. Um, I, he just had a heck of a season, Christian McCaffrey. And so for, for that reason, again, I think there's something to be said for how the team did, too. Uh, when you're looking at this, and um, nobody in the NFC had a better year than the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, but for me, I, this is kind of almost like a mini MVP award, it feels like, for their team specifically more than it is for the entire league. Because you look at the offensive players of the year the last couple of seasons, it's been Justin Jefferson, his great year last year that earned him the number one fantasy pick. For the most part, Cooper Cup and his triple crown year. Obviously, they went Super Bowl and took it yeah. all the way. But then you had Derrick Henry, Michael Thomas, Patrick Mahomes, Todd Gurley. like uh, These guys all didn't make or be in consideration for MVP or take their team very far right. in the playoffs. But for me, I'm going to take CeeDee Lamb. Uh, you look at him and his season, 135 catches, uh, 1,750 yards, 12 touchdowns. I know it's crazy. We have guys more often than prior years getting closer to 1,700 yards. But his season, in terms of fantasy, was the third greatest season in the history of the NFL Thank you, for a wide receiver. That's behind Jerry Rice. That's behind Cooper Cup two years ago, where he was a few yards away from being the greatest season of all time. Um, he just put up the third greatest season all time. You look at the Cowboys' receiving core for uh, this year. You look at guys like Michael Gallup and his stats. He barely had any. Um, I know he had 100 yards against the Packers, but for the season he had 400 yards. Brandon Cooks, I think for the second or third time, did not hit 1,000 yards. And you have Jake Ferguson going in there. He didn't do a ton. The running game wasn't very effective at all. And so C.D. Lamb basically stood up for the entire offense. He was the offense, and I think that's what deserves him more or less a mini MVP, uh, but for being offensive player of the year. All right, last deep dive, defensive uh, player of the year. Um, Did you give your offense player? He did. He did Lamar. Okay, yeah. So a defense player, we have uh, two Cowboys. You have Deron Bland, Micah Parsons. Obviously, Deron Bland hot for the first half. But Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, and T.J. Watt. I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm going to go T.J. Watt, and here's why. Uh, Obviously, you know that he's gone now, what, other than the injury? He's had three seasons, would have been four, where he's led the league in sacks. Uh, I don't know how it's possible to have two people out of the same household. (laughs) <laughs> to grow up and be that dominant at the defensive yeah. position. And honestly, the highlight of my, my year was seeing J.J. Watt post a picture of him in a Steelers uniform saying, you think they'd notice? <laughs> uh, I love the Watts, and I think th- I, I, I just cannot believe this kid's probably better than his brother, and his brother dominated the league. Yeah. Uh, he's awesome, and I'd love to see him not be his brother and destroy his body too early. So in my opinion of those players, no one's more important to their team uh, and I don't need to give you stats. You can use the eyeball test. It's T.J. Watt. I'll second that. I don't even have much to say. That was exactly who I was going to uh, uh, pick. And I, for those exact same reasons, I think T.J. Watt's phenomenal. You second and third in that motion? No. Okay. I'm going um, Deron Bland. Okay. I think, obviously, he didn't do what he was doing the first half of the year. That's literally impossible to do. Mm-hmm. I think a pick six is 
virtually and literally and technically <clears throat> and however you want to word it, the most important slash biggest yeah, play in crazy. football. A defense takes points away from the offense and puts it back on them and makes them reset essentially it's and a takes twelve point swing. It's yeah. Yeah. it's the biggest play in football yeah. and he did it a more lot. times than anyone's ever done it. More times in thirty years. He and when has he the stopped record. doing it, we stopped winning. He, play, he was playing out of his mind. Yeah, I don't think was. it's replicable, obviously. He had two, one or two his rookie year, so he's he has an act for it, but I think it's unobtainable yeah. again. I think he deserves it. It's an anomaly. His jersey's in the Hall of Fame for that stat. He's, I'm not saying he's a Hall of Fame player. I'm saying yeah. that it's already hung up in there. It's Thanksgiving beautiful. jersey. I think he deserves it. Sacks, tackles, that happens every year. Yeah, right. Those records get broken every couple years. Good point. This hasn't been broken in 30 years. I think he deserves it. Josh? Yeah, and for me, I'm going to be the third of y'all's group. I think T.J. Watt deserves it. I think he just very casually led the league in sacks three yep. out of the past four years, and the four, one year he didn't do it is because he was injured. Um, and if he didn't get injured in this last game, he only played, what, half of the game. Mm-hmm. He could have broke his record from last year. But he, he safely won the sack title once again. I think we're just numb once again, like I said, for the head coaching thing is we get so numb to these players and how good they are that we almost want to give it to someone else. But you look at the other competitors for this award. You have Miles Garrett. You have Micah Parsons. You have Deron Bland, who kind of fell off the second year in terms of getting those big plays. I know they're anomaly-type plays, and he broke the record and all that. But in terms of overall cornerback play, I wouldn't say that he was the absolute best at his position or as a defender in the NFL. And for Garrett and Parsons, they fell off completely. I think there was like a six-game stretch where Miles Garrett didn't have a sack, didn't do anything. And Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons, I once again, this isn't a playoff thing because right, they right. apparently vote before the season's over. Zero impact in the playoffs this year as well. I know T.J. Watt didn't play, but I think it should be the guy that is just the best as a position. I think it was Watt. All right, that's everybody. I want to. I want to. I don't want to explain because I want to keep our listeners moving. We got a few minutes. I have a curveball to throw you. But offensive player of the year. I mean, rookie of the year. Just give me the name. You don't have to explain why. Do you need to read the candidates, or does everybody? I think know? everyone has the same answer. Yeah. <laughs> really, offensive player of the year. Is it unanimous? Rookie of the year, right? Rookie of the year. Sorry. Yeah, I think everyone's going to say Stroud. Stroud. Yeah. All hundred percent. Right. Would you agree with me? Defensive player of the year should be Will Anderson, also a Houston Texan. That's my vote. I talked to Josh about last week. I think I think that's where it mixes up. Your candidates, by the way, are Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Joey Porter, Kobe Turner, and Devon Witherspoon. I'm I think I'm gonna go with Kobe Turner. He's a defensive tackle. He was a late round pick, right? He's like fifth he, or sixth. No, uh, he was uh, late second or third. Oh, I thought he was much later. Anyway. He, how many sacks do you have? Five or six? Ten. Ten. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see? Yeah. That, that's an anomaly. Yeah. yeah. That, that definitely pays out. I'm thinking, who am I thinking of? Where was Byron Young drafted? Byron Young? Uh, I want to say third as well. I don't know what I'm thinking of then. But Kobe Turner, ten <laughs> sacks for a rookie. Yeah. That, a defensive tackle. That's I think insane. That kind of eliminates like Jalen Carter from the award in my yeah. mind. Because he, he I understand he plays half the game, but you can't credit someone for playing half the game. I think ten sacks, right. that's... That's elite. I think. Mm. Yeah. But you, you'll get the argument of he played next to Aaron Donald. Like like Jalen Carter doesn't play next to great D tackles <laughs> yeah, either. Right, but right. Anyways, Kobe Turner for you. I'll go Will Anderson as well. I, I, the guy looked, again, these Texans don't look like rookies to yeah, me. No, no. They don't. Yeah, that's impressive. I think having, yeah. in my opinion, the offensive defense rookie of the year and coach of the year on the same yeah, team is pretty crazy. convenient. Yeah. I'm going to throw you all a curveball because we, we live in a world, yeah. My pick, you picked oh, Will Anderson. I thought you did too. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, uh, Josh. I don't know. I think when you look at, when you look at it statistically, a lot of people look for stats mm-hmm. for the players that they have. Obviously, Will Anderson started doing well towards the end of the year. He was hurt a little bit. Kobe Turner, ten sacks. Very easy to look at and be like, wow, mm-hmm. great season. You look at cornerbacks. There's not really stats for the great cover corners. And I'm not necessarily picking Joey Porter, but thinking sure. about it in this list, I'm going to pick Joey Porter mm-hmm. just because. He was he was as good as anybody he in the was. league he was. in his rookie season. I'm not saying he's as good as any of the top corners, but like the reason that Sauce Gardner got the award was he, Joey Porter technically was a better cover corner in his rookie year. Yeah, and I would argue that like, hey, go sack the quarterback. Yeah. Versus, I got to cover a guy running at the speed and of light down the field. That's a hard job. It, it would be different, like because this year was a lot different from prior years. You have Micah Parsons come in get double digit sacks. Yeah, Clearly, right. like he was a top five edge rusher immediately. That's easy pick. This is much much more different. And I think looking at stats, you would pick Kobe Turner, like Caleb said. His impact was probably as big as anybody's, but people aren't going to pick him. And you remember, Joey Porter had to cover the Bengals receivers. 
yeah. the Browns receivers, and the Ravens. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a but good, Jamar he had Chase or T Higgins twice, and yeah. yeah, they didn't really pop off against him. So all right, all we have left is some picks that we're going to give them in a second. But I want to play a game with you guys, and as always, I don't tell you what we're doing. So this is unscripted. <laughs> I just love to get your natural reaction, and let's see if you guys are right or wrong. It's a little game I like to call Mike or Mike. I'm going to give you two famous coaches that both happen to be named Mike, Mike Tom and Mike McCarthy. Okay. And I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to tell me right. which You're Mike. You're comparing records, aren't you? Which Mike. We're comparing a lot of things. <laughs> we live in a world where the media tells us what they want us to believe, mm-hmm. right? We all agree on Pretty that. Pretty sure. Uh, and I'll let you answer. Sports you are no different. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? I'll let you ask. No, I'm asking a bunch because I know yeah, this. Go for it. Go for it. They yeah. have a lot of commonalities. <laughs> yeah. They're very similar. That's the point. Yep. But again, we live in a world where we're told what we should like and not like, and I want people to have the facts. So, and here's the here's why I say it because Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Half the, the Cowboys nation wants him fired. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, nobody wants him fired. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody loves Mike Tomlin. But here, I want to I want to look at the facts of our friends, mm-hmm. right? So here's the game. Came in the league first, one in two thousand six, two thousand seven. Which Mike? Tomlin. Your guess is Tom. Anybody? Wait, sorry. When you said, what did you say? Who about came in 2006? One 2000- came in 2006. One. Oh, oh, I'm Question sorry, is, yeah. who came in gotcha. first? Gotcha. Uh, McCarthy. You got McCarthy? Tomlin? McCarthy. McCarthy's right. 2006. Uh, All right. Who has the most regular season wins? McCarthy. Tomlin or McCarthy? McCarthy. McCarthy. Tomlin. Tomlin has 173. Mike McCarthy has 162. Uh, Seven. So Tomlin does. Right. That's why. Who has a who has more playoff wins, McCarthy or Tomlin? Wins. You emphasize that uh, McCarthy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Tomlin's been more. So you're saying Mike McCarthy has more playoff wins? I'll say Tomlin actually. Yeah, Tomlin. Mike McCarthy has 11 playoff wins. Mike Tomlin has eight playoff. Oh, wins. wow. All okay. right, let's go to the other side. Playoff losses. Who has the most playoff losses? McCarthy. I've said McCarthy every time, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you got to go with your gut. Uh, Tomlin. Tomlin. It's very close. McCarthy ha- is 11 oh. and 11. Tomlin is 8 and 10. Mm. So McCarthy has more yeah. wins and losses. All right, tricky one. Who has more winning seasons, McCarthy or Tomlin? McCarthy. More winning seasons? More winning, uh, uh, yeah, winning well, seasons. Oh, the, not tied. This, feel, this feels like a trick question because Tomlin's Tomlin's won every time. Yeah. But so tied I'll, isn't I'll a say, win. I'll say Tomlin. He's tied t- once, twice. McCarthy. More winning seasons. Tomlin. Tomlin. Tomlin has 14. McCarthy has 12. Trick right, question. M- losing seasons. This is a home run. McCarthy. You, you know the answer. Don't say McCarthy. <laughs> I've said it all six times. <laughs> Tomlin doesn't have a losing season. McCarthy yes, has yes, four. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you just a couple more. Playoff seasons, not wins. Who's been in more playoff seasons? McCarthy. You need to stop with that. Uh, Tomlin, I want to say, because he went and lost a break. This is interesting. Um, it's really close. Uh, Tomlin? I mean, hold on. Let's think about it. McCarthy, when did he not go? When Dak broke his ankle, when Rodgers hurt mm-hmm. his shoulder? Well, think about the Packers. When did he not go on the Packers? When Rodgers hurt his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> From asking yeah. questions. So two times. Was it, did Neil Hunter tackled him? Who has no, more playoff seasons? Not yeah. wins, playoff seasons. Playoff seasons. Tomlin. McCarthy. Tomlin's been every time I except for I, you can't three times. Serious I'm, serious I'm doing it serious. Are you serious now? Yeah. I'm going to hear a Tomlin eventually? No, nah, I don't think so. Tomlin. Okay. The most playoff seasons, Mike McCarthy has 12. Mike Tomlin has 11. <laughs> okay, here's a tough one, guys. It gets tough. Well, all right, here's a layup. Who has the most championships? Both. That's a tie. Yeah, they both have one. All right, I'm glad you are paying attention. It's <laughs> yeah. one and one. McCarthy. Who has the most Super Bowl appearances? Tomlin. As a head coach, as a head um, coach, this Tomlin. is all head coach. Two for Tomlin. Or, yeah, appearances. Two. Well, appearances. Um, aren't they the same? Yeah, it's one and one. Yeah. No, Tomlin. Tomlin has two. Tomlin has two. Oh, yeah, he lost to the Packers. McCarthy has one. Okay, here's another oh, right, tricky right, right. one. Yeah, yeah, right. Not a layup, guys. And this is the last one. We're going to stop right here. Conference championship games. McCarthy. I'm, gonna shoot I'm dead serious. Okay. Conference championship. That's Conference Tomlin. Conference championship. Big Ben had to play the Ravens every year. Tom McCarthy had to play one. who? I think it's Tomlin. Jay Cutler. I think it's McCarthy. Mike McCarthy had four conference championship game appearances. By the way, that makes him one and three. Oh, appearances? Mm, right. I thought he meant titles. He played in it. Okay. No, no, Caleb, that would, yeah. Um, conference championship games, four for McCarthy, three for Tomlin. Mm. Interesting. My point uh, is, right, if you take <laughs> a look at their very records close. and their performance, yeah. it seems like a big difference think, in the I world. I five and right? four, by the way. Fire this guy, don't fire this guy, this guy's a goat, this guy sucks. On paper, they're virtually the same. Guy. Yeah, and I think 
<clears throat> on paper, yes. I think it's hard yeah, to paper. compare because people will bring up Jason Garrett in this conversation with these top yeah. coaches because of their team being 8-8 eight and eight every year. It's going to keep you very close when you're 8-8, eight and eight, right? All right, so yeah. uh, I, got, I got five out of four. With Jay McCarthy every time. No, with Jay McCarthy. Every time. Yeah. It just goes that's, to show that's crazy. Yeah, very, very close. Back to yeah. our friends, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And yes. on paper, the one's gonna be fired next year. Yeah, but, the, but be, if you compare right. these guys with Sean Payton and Andy Reid and everyone else, it's pretty close as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. All right. Other, the moment, than, other than rings, the moment you've been waiting for, the creme yes. de la creme, your final chance to hear from the guys, uh, Caleb. Mm. You and Tim are six and four with your playoff picks. Good mm. job, Josh. You're five and five. Okay, I'm eight and two. And you guys oh. picked on me for winning. Just like fantasy this year. I win fantasy. You guys are like, nah, I had the best team. Yeah, I had the best team. That's what you do. Um, we're eight and two. So I don't know if this is going to help us decide it. You don't have to go crazy on this. But Who, who are the favorites? All right, all right, forget the favorites That's for who a you're second. picking. Let me, no, no, no. <laughs> who is the favorites, Josh? Tell me who the favorites are. I'm Ra- going to tell you both mine right now. Ravens, Niners. You're picking Chiefs, Lions, are you? I'm picking Chiefs, Lions. <laughs> I'm going against uh, the favorites. Yeah. Here's why. The road to the Super Bowl goes through Patty uh, Mahomes there. That you know, Bills fans hate, and I know he's on the road for the second time. He's the coolest cucumber, you know. I'm here, I'm here. You seen that meme? Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I know it's covering up some bad words, but I am here. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, I don't believe Lamar Jackson's a championship quarterback. Uh, they've had divisional exits mm-hmm. in the first round the last couple years. He had to poop. Uh, maybe he did. <laughs> and uh, they had to play a a team. As much as we are praising the Texans for being a great team this year. With a great quarterback, great rookie of the year linebacker, coach. They're not the Ravens. They shouldn't mm-hmm. have beat the Ravens. The Chiefs are a team that should beat the Ravens. I don't care what the line is. The road super goes KC. I'm on the KC train. I love Lamar. I've said it since college. This guy's got the whole package. KC wins, and uh, Detroit's upsetting San Fran. Sorry. I know San Fran fans are smug. You know that's the one franchise I truly hate because of all the pain and discontent they've charged me. Uh, over the years, the catch and all that harassing stuff that Montana and Young did to my Cowboys. So I can't ever root for the 49ers, but I've said now, ever since we started this podcast 103 episodes ago, that the Lions are building momentum. They're no longer the dumpster fire. And guys, <sighs> throwing my pen down, Dan Campbell fires me up. You know that? And Jared Goff is good enough for Detroit. Mm, and I think you. this is going to be a ball game. Well, so there's both my picks. I'm picking underdogs. Okay. I'm going to win. By picking underdogs. All right, I'm going to pick the Ravens. <laughs> okay. Because, I, like I said, number one defense. Mahomes has looked stale most of the year. I know he just beat the Bills in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I know they eviscerated the Dolphins two weeks eviscerated. ago. Eviscerated. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good third, English We got English. That. That? Yeah, that's Sixth really grade vocabulary. Points, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you teach that word in your class? Uh, yeah, they, they should know eviscerated. <laughs> they should. <laughs> what grade? Uh, seventh grade. Seventh yeah, graders so should know it. Okay, so with your seventh grade, I got to think of a better one next week. Yeah, but yeah, um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> number one defense, the Chiefs have been stale. I think the Ravens finally get it at home. It just feels right. San Fran, um, Detroit. I'm picking Detroit. I think San Fran has been stale. I think coming out of the bye, playing the Packers, they got <coughs> kind of slapped, a little stunned. They did not look good at all, like Tim was saying earlier. The Packers had no business being in a field goal in that game, right. within a field goal. I think the Packers are great. We talk about them all the time. I think they're great future, but the 49ers should have blown them out. Um, their defense is much better than supposedly the young receivers that the Packers had. They should have been. It right. shouldn't have been a game. I think the Lions are a much better team than the Packers right now, not long term. But I think this year they're built to beat the 49ers. The 49ers, I just don't believe in them. I don't know. I don't know why. I think they're an injury away on offense for being irrelevant. As we saw Debo being out some of the time that, that game, I think if Kittle or McCaffrey goes down, I think it's 100 percent over. So I don't like that. I think if if something happens to Gibbs or Montgomery, they're going to plug and play on the Dol- or the sorry the Lions. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the Dolphins on the TV. Yeah, yeah. The Lions. I just think I'm picking the Lions. I think I just feel good about it. I don't know, uh, bro. All right, Tim. <laughs> All right. So I, I think both these games are like 51 49. In my yeah, picks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, What's I, the line, Josh? I'm not, pull that while we're finished. It's probably like half line point which game. The yeah, Lions? go ahead. One, yeah. Seven points. Is the Lions really? are underdogs by seven points. Yep, one are score. Really? And what about wow. KC? Three and a half. Ravens are favored. Ravens are favored. Home teams are favored. Three and a half and Both seven. Both home teams, yep. So I've had a few days to think about it. I've yeah. kept going back and forth, back and <laughs> forth. I, I could argue either of these, but I'm going to go a little bit different from both of you, actually. My picks are different from both. Well, there's only so many options. But <laughs> but I'm going to go um, I am gonna go Niners just because I do think they'll get their stuff together. Okay. 
I, I, I don't I don't like either of them. But I, I'm going to go 49ers just because um, McCaffrey, like I said earlier, Purdy has to have a better game than he did the other night. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, but again, I... I would not be one bit surprised, Lions. But I, for for the sake of, for the sake of this bet or this this little uh, prediction, I'm going <laughs> Niners, and I'm going Chiefs. I think kind of what you said, Dave. I, I think uh, now the Ravens were my preseason pick for to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now I bet about against them two weeks in a row. Here, I thought you but, were Ravens 49ers. No, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna go Chiefs you 49ers. Were. All red, all red Super Bowl. But originally, uh, your oh, 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 sorry, sorry. My, no, well, my, it, my preseason was Ravens <laughs> Eagles. Ravens oh, Eagles. Right, yeah, right. yeah. And you're that, the that, birds. That ship sailed a while ago. Uh, but Chiefs, I just feel like they're the hotter team. They're not the better team. They're not by any stretch the better team. But I think they're the hotter team maybe right now. And if they can... So are hang, you Chiefs hang, Niners? I'm Chiefs Niners. Going for the Red Super Bowl. Josh, I'm going to remind yes. you. You've basically... We have basically said our Super Bowls, Caleb, is Baltimore-Detroit. I've said KC-Detroit. You've said KC-San Francisco. So you got to get the last combination. So you realize <laughs> you're making <laughs> your Super Bowl pick right here. And I am. I, I, yeah, okay. Hold on. Let me go back. I said Ravens 49ers beginning of the year. I'm going against it now. Mm, that's good. Well, you did say well, it in preseason. That's amazing, yeah. So you're, that's that. Yeah, we. I yeah. am taking the 49ers. I am taking the Ravens. Okay. But honor me. <laughs> honor <laughs> you. Well, first off, we're honoring the color code that everyone. I said it before that came out. Some of us picked that before. My wife keeps saying I picked it because of that. Well, I'm not picking it because of that. But I just want to throw out some stats for these matchups. Right. Whoever's beaten Josh Allen in the playoffs has gone and lost their last the matchup. Week. I know Steve threw that yep. at me, too. You look at it, Josh Allen loses to the Texans. Texans get blown He's out by, by mm, Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Wow. Josh Allen loses to the Chiefs in the uh, closest right, game to the right. Super Bowl, yep. gets killed by Tom Brady in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Chiefs Are you once buying again, into that? No. Okay. <laughs> but I might. Okay. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me picking the Ravens. Um, but then you also look. This is in support of the Chiefs. Right. Sean Smith and his crew are the ones doing the refing for that game, the okay. Chiefs and the Ravens. Um, people always criticize the crew. We've seen, I, for what I can say, I've only seen one absolutely brutal call, and that was yeah. the Rams-Saints game where it was clearly mm-hmm. pass yeah. interference. But regardless, in terms of refing, Sean Smith and his crew is doing this game. You look at every refing crew in the NFL, on average, 56% of the home teams win when they're doing the home crew, his crew, 41% win rate for the home team. Mm, so 60% win rate for the away team when he is the one doing a game for them. So unique stuff, but uh, that's also that's in support of the Chiefs technically. Um, but no, I'm picking the Ravens, just like I said with Jim Harbaugh, or John Harbaugh, sorry. We'll talk about Jim Harbaugh in a moment. But John Harbaugh, what he's done this season, triple crown defense, they are a top offense despite you know Lamar not having the quarterback stats. Yeah. They clearly have a presence on offense and uh, the Niners as well. I just think Brock Purdy in that offense, I know he's had off games, but even in their off games, they've won all of those games outside of two. And uh, he's, they've just been a way more efficient when they're on than the Lions have. And so if you have an on game, I know they just had a terrible game and still won. Not a terrible game. They were not the 49ers offense against the Packers. I think yeah. we'll see a rebound with Debo coming back, as Tim said. And uh, I think you'll get the best of the 49ers and the best of the Ravens. That's awesome. I, I would say um, we're not going to give you our pick for the Super Bowl until we see who wins these games good, because we yes. could be wrong. That's right. Yes. And we admit it when we're well, three wrong. Three of us are going to be wrong, wrong, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We split this right, right down yeah, the middle. Yeah, 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 we did. Okay. We got some business before we close out. We need to talk about the coaching carousel because, guys, Bill Belichick is out here pimping himself for a job, and I just heard today yeah. that the Falcons have interviewed 13 people. Yes, we're going to talk about that. And so the Falcons, actually, they just ended up hiring their guy. Oh, as we're recording. Just just a little bit ago, Raheem Morris. If you know, just a few years ago, before Arthur Smith and his seven wins three times, uh, Raheem Morris took over when they fired Dan Quinn. They're bringing their guy back. But we look at the other hires as well. We have Dave Canales. He's, he was the offense coordinator for the Bucks. He is now the head coach for the Panthers. Um, and then we have... Antonio Pierce, sticking with the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. You have Jim Harbaugh, as we alluded to. He is now the Chargers head coach. Okay. Money. Uh, we talked about Raheem Morris, mm-hmm. but we also, there's two vacancies still, Washington Commanders and Seattle Seahawks. And then the last one, I believe, 
was oh sorry Gerard Mayo of course that was a few weeks ago sure. but the, then the last new hire was uh, Callahan for the Titans yes well again that leaves famous uh, notable people like Kellen Moore has he been let go has they announced of Harbaugh Kellen Moore they have not said he, he's still there available right. but he's had interviews I think with the Eagles and others for he, their offense he's a candidate position. every year um, our boy uh, Eric Bieniemy is a candidate he did interview with the Washington Commanders yeah. I heard and I think the Commanders said this was a while ago that they were not in on a guy like Belichick or someone that's older I think they're looking at Ben Johnson from yeah. the OC from Detroit right yeah and that, that I mean favorite? yeah and all these teams have gotten their guys obviously so there's still teams available with candidates I mean, both of the Lions yeah how's Vrabel still sitting there that's what I mean like he willfully said let me go with the GM we learned that mm-hmm. he and the GM didn't see eye to eye he, you know yeah. obviously well, they traded yeah. AJ Brown, Brown let's get rid of our best <laughs> receiver what do you think a mid first for well, yeah, that, that was their prior GM but they did uh, they understood. did they did just right. give Rand Carthen complete power over right. everything and that seems so we got Brable, who can't possibly not have a coaching job. Right. What coaching vacancies are left? You have the Commanders and the Seahawks. Carolina got their guy? Carolina mm-hmm. just got Canales from the Bucks. He was the guy, two years ago, he restored Geno, and last year he restored, let's say, Baker Mayfield. I'm surprised Philadelphia, with Rabel sitting out there, did not make a run. Yeah. Did not make well, a change. Did, did there. they have their press conference Sorry, last when Peterson got fired? They were like same thing. Season's over. Press conference. They mm-hmm. fired him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They made uh, Sirianni. Yeah, Sirianni. What do I jokingly say? He was a kid? Oh, the Elf kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a kid yeah, from yeah, Elf. Yeah. yeah. They made brother. The, yeah. They <laughs> made the kid from Elf the little brother. They made the kid from Elf fire his entire staff base. Right. Yeah. Here, and right. So again, that's three in a row now. Right. Interesting enough, you had. The Dolphins, they had Vic Vangio. Yep. They had a lot of people, or a lot of the players, it was kind of split locker room, right. apparently. A lot of the players, I know Javon Holland really loves Vic Vangio. A lot of the players didn't like Vic Vangio, older guy. He got fired. Half an hour later, Eagles defense coordinator. There's also a rumor going around the old interweb that uh, Russell Wilson will be a Raider next year. Mm. You think there's any legs to this? Um, I, I, that's too far out I for think me. When, you, <laughs> when you don't have a good veteran, you're always in the market for a good yeah. veteran, of course. So I think that's... That's something. But I think also Antonio Pierce, he was an Arizona State coordinator just a few years ago. Yeah. Jaden Daniels came from Arizona State. Same time he was there. Obviously, he's now at LSU, but they're in position to potentially get him. So, Episode 102 is in the books. we got a conference to determine on Sunday. Check out both games. We have one in the early spot, as we mentioned. Early. Not really early. We have one at 3 o'clock Eastern time. We have one at 6.30 Eastern time. So check them out. And come back to see us next week. We're going to talk about that and give you our Super Bowl, a look at the Super Bowl. See you next time. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please tell a friend and help us spread the word. We've set up our online shop at guyswithouthelmets.com where you can get your own Guys Without Helmet gear. We also post a weekly video on YouTube, so please stop by and give us a like and subscribe to our channel. Finally, if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets.